You ready? But Jesus said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And he said, and Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever would lose his life for my sake will find it. Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him as many as seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Then the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for a, as a ransom for many. Jesus answered them, The most important is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. But I say to those who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. A, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. 
By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I do not ask for these only, only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them, that they may be as one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for in it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, To live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For we, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you were given a spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we might be glorified with him. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you might know what, the, what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with a brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful, In zeal, but fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. 
For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but, but it is the same God that empowers them in everyone. To, to each is given the manifest, manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For just as one body has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. That there, may, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. For if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and I have Um, And I understand all mysteries and knowledge, and I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things, all things be done for building up. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. For we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so though in Christ we share abundantly in his comfort too. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave, listen, gave us, right here, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to to himself, not counting our trespasses against them and entrusting us with the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. 
We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let, let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves lest you be tempted too. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. So let no corrupting talk. No corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only, only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God and Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But, the sexually, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. 
but instead let there be thankful, let there be thanksgiving. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of us look not only to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. And do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you are to shine as lights in the world. Brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. We ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as, that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you were doing, that you do so more and more. For you know that what instructions we gave to you through the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. For God is not, has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever dis- disregards this, dis- disregards not man, but God, who gives us his Holy Spirit. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that is indeed what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. And we urge you, brothers, admonish admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. 
God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy to all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, Savior, God and Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by, wash, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. And for the person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing, nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. And let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as we see the day drawing near. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Therefore, preparing your minds for action, be sober Minded, set your hope fully on the grace that was brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient passions, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who is called holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. As it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak of you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Whether, that, whether it be the emperor as supreme or governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not, but not using your freedom to cover up to, as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor 
everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Finally, all of you, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. Bless for this is this for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. So we ought to lay down our life for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart to him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adored for her husband. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more for the former things have passed away, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or of sun, for the Lord their God will be their light, and they will reign with him forever and ever. Amen. Church, do you have ears to hear? Do you have eyes to see? We are the church. And this is what God's people, this is what his church is meant to reflect, to be, to live as we shine as a city on a hill, as lights to a broke and hurting and broken, lost and hurting world. Church, 54 passages out of so many more that I could have chosen. And believe me, I had a lot more. I narrowed it down to 54 out of so many verses that I could have chosen These are here to help us understand what God has already empowered in us to be disciples of Christ. We already have it all. So here's what I want to do before we move on. You guys ready for this? What stuck out to you? What words? What phrases? Like, I'm not asking you to share, like, general thoughts about how you feel right now, right? Right? We could go on and on. But anybody shout out. What what words stuck out to you as we went through that? Love. Yeah, love stuck out a whole bunch, didn't it? I'll get to that in a second. What else? Unity, all over the place, like you can't get away from it, is everywhere throughout Scripture. Unity, what else? What was that? I noticed that wasn't the first one people shouted out, right? Humility. Humility over and over and over. What else? Forgiveness, over and over. Forgiveness, what else? Patience. 
Everybody, everybody that thinks they're super, super patient, raise your hand. Right? What else? Patience. What else? You what? Peace with all, right? Peace with all. Not some. Not, not the people that you like. Not the people you agree with, right? Peace with all. Anything else? Abide. Right? Abiding in the Lord. Abiding in Christ. Amen to that. Anything else? Service, all over the place. Serve, serve, serve. The ones who want to be first will be last, and last will be first. Like, that, the whole thing. Anything else? Sharing burdens. Is that what you said? Sharing each other's burdens. Absolutely. Like, sharing, doing this thing together. That's what it means to be in the church. Anything else? Do what? Slow to anger. Good. What else? What? Trust. Yeah, faith. Trust. Faith and trust. We're all through that. Any, what, anything else? Yeah, don't just love, but even love your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Pray for those who abuse you. Is that not a line that just like I read it and I'm like, oh, pray for those who abuse you? That's the kind of love that we, we can't wrap our minds around without Jesus. Because the world says that you shouldn't pray for those who abuse you. And by the way, if we're just going by the world standards, that is exactly the right response, isn't it? Why would we pray for those and seek good for those who abuse us? No way. That is only through Jesus because that's what he did for us. All right, one more. Anybody else? What was it? Not quarrelsome, right? To not be quarrelsome. Good. So here's what I got. I got 54 verses. I think on the, I wrote these passages down. I think there's 53 on the ones I wrote down, but I added one at the last second. 54 passages. Out of 54 passages, how many times do you think love was talked about? 44 times. 44 times in 54 passages. And by the way, I didn't go through trying to find passages that just talked about love. What I did, if you remember from last week, if you're here, I read the entire New Testament and I just wrote down every verse I could find that helped define what it means to be the church. Like, stop, like, as you know in the series, I want to get away from opinions about what it is to be the church and just soak in the Word of God and let the Word of God tell us who we are meant to be in Christ. 44 times out of 54 passages, love. 29 times we're told to be people of peace, harmony, and goodness. 20 times people who are gentle, kind, and patient. 20 times people of unity and to have the same heart and mind and to build each other up. And then seven times a piece, it tells us to be people of faith and people who honor everyone. And by the way, that's not official count. That was me going through all my verses. One, one, one. So I might have missed some. It may have been more or a little bit less. Well, it wasn't less. It might have been even more. This church is what it means to be the church, to be the bride of Christ that reflects the image of God. Don't trust in my opinions. Read the word of God. It tells you who we are meant to be. And so in the end, do you know what was really being described in, this, in these passages? What was really being described? We talked about it in men's group. What are we talking about in men's group? Anybody? Holiness. This is really talking about what holiness looks like. The fruit of the Spirit is holiness. Holy, holiness isn't just being pure, which it is. It technically means being fully and completely pure. Holiness is not just being set apart, which is, if you look at the original language, that's what holiness really means, to be set apart, right? That's what he wanted the Jewish people to be in, in, the old, in, in the Old Testament, set apart from the world. That's what he wants us to be, set apart from the world, in the world, engaging the world, but through our actions and who we are, through our holiness, set apart from the world. But it also describes the things of holiness. That's what it was really describing, what holiness produces. God is described above all things as holy, 
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is pure. He is obviously set apart from this world and from all of us. But how does that holiness play out in Scripture? How is God's holiness reflected to us? Do you know over and over in the Bible, God is described like this, particularly in the Old Testament, but all throughout Scripture. I'm going to read Psalm 86.15, but this is everywhere in the Bible. This is how God's described. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Over and over and over. God is described in lots of other ways, and God has many other characteristics other than these. But because God is holy, because he is holy, he is full of mercy and grace. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in steadfast love, and God is faithful to you. God is faithful to you because he's holy. So, before we get really into this series, right, if you haven't been with us, before we get into all the debates and the opinions and the controversies and the cultural hot points and all of these things that are screaming at you, either what it is to be American or what you should or shouldn't value in this ever-changing, divided, and confused culture, before we get into any of those things about what you should be, before we talk about any of the noise, let's just make this the foundation that we stand on. Right, let's, make, let's, let, let's make this the foundation that we build not only the series on, but who we are as a church. Because I know, here's what I know. I know last week when I started introducing things and saying, hey, eventually we're going to talk about things like how, how as a church people, how as Christians, we engage things like politics and gender and abortion. I know there were people immediately in the room that were like, the walls already started coming up. And I haven't said anything yet because we're so divided We're so opinionated. We are bombarded with what the world says you should be, but we are not bombarded by the word of God, by what the word of God says we're meant to be as a church. Amen? And so I want just, man, do our best. Pray, pray for me and pray for us that God will let us let go of all of that hostility that is down under here. All of those opinions that immediately like, well, I know the pastor's probably going to say things I won't agree with. And man, this is a really nuanced type of situation. So I hope he says this. Whoa. What, think about the mindset that we're all, all of us, I'm guilty of this, you're guilty of this. The world that we lived in that is so divided, so many tribes and so much tribalism, so much me against you and you against me that we can't even hear, hey, I'm just going to try to saturate us in the word, world, word, and immediately some of us, like, it already rises up. What am I going to disagree with? Oh, is that not heartbreaking? That's not me condemning you, church. This is the reality that we live in now in our country, isn't it? When the Bible is just begging us to love each other and fight for unity with everything in us. So let's build a foundation on the word of God. Like just do our best, build a foundation here and then let God define for us what holiness looks like, what it means to be Christ-like, what it means to be a Christian. Like in our culture, like using the word Christian has almost become like a word. Right? What does it mean to be a Christian, to be the church, to be a people that reflects God's glory to the world? That's what this is about. I read all of those verses back to back on purpose so that we might be a little overwhelmed by it. Overwhelmed with what God says his people should look like. Because in the end, God is simply describing what holiness looks like. To be set apart For as his people, that's what we are meant to be in the world, but not of the world. 
So I want you to, I want you to do something with me. I want you to think about the family you hung out with over Christmas, if you did, or the friends. I want you to think about your workplaces. I want you to think about the people that you're around. I want you to think about your daily life, all the people you know, the people you like and you don't like. And I want you to imagine with me for a second. Can you imagine a world? I want you to think about it. Can you imagine a world where every Christian you met deeply loved God and deeply loved their neighbor as herself? Meaning they deeply loved those inside the church and outside the church. A world where we were known, Christians, the church, we were known by our gentleness, our kindness, and our mercy. Where we were always the first to forgive, we were patient with all, we honored everyone, including Joe Biden and Donald Trump. We honored everyone all of our leaders, all of the people, the person at work that you can't stand, the person that has a different opinion than we honored everyone, where harmony and peace and goodness were always at the forefront of our thoughts, the way we acted. Everyone around us, all the Christians around us acted this way. Where unity in the church family, universal church, yes and amen, where all of Christians are trying to come together in harmony as best that we can, but specifically where in the local church, for us that would be freshwater, where unity in the church wasn't just something that we strive for or know something that we should do, but we were all in it, all in it, all the way, in joy, striving together with everything in us to fight for unity in the church because it is the bride of Christ. We are members of his body, his church, and we saw it like, this is your bride, Christ. This is who you are. We'll fight for it with everything in us because it's, it's, we're in your body. It's who you are. It's your bride. We are the ambassadors to the world. What if all that was true? So when we did share the truth and we did call things that are sin, sin, which church we have to do, we must do, we have to stand on the truth. But what if all that was true so when it came time to share the truth, people could actually hear it from us because of the way we loved? And maybe not everyone, it'll never be everyone, but many couldn't help but listen to us because of the way we loved, because of our gentleness and kindness and peace. And those being saved were added to our numbers day by day. Can you even imagine that world? Can you even imagine how different our country, our lives, our workplaces, our families would be if that was the reality? And maybe it isn't the story of Christianity across the nation, and it's not. But my question today is, could it be the story of our church? Could it? Could God move in such a way that maybe it could be true here? Church, this kind of holiness, this kind of love and character isn't even possible outside of Christ. That's why our country and this world is obsessed with things like image and vanity and greed and pride and selfishness and love and sex and, let's be honest, self-worship. But church, all the things that I read today, all of them, everything I read, church, in Christ, these things are already yours. 
We do not see it that way. But church, they're already yours. By the plan of the Father, by the sacrifice of the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, being this kind of person is not only possible, but in the deepest parts of you, Christian, it is already who you are. It's already done in Christ. God has already made you the saved, redeemed, holy, righteous people of God. It's done. Sanctification isn't as much about God making you holy as your heart and your mind and your soul recognizing that in Christ you have already been made holy. Everything you need to be holy was accomplished by Jesus Christ on that cross and is now empowered in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, we need to strive for holiness. Yes and amen. Yes, we need to strive for obedience and we need to be obedient to God's command and his law. Yes and amen to that, absolutely. But what does it say in John 15? That yes, we must obey, we must. But how do we truly obey? By abiding in Christ. By living for and through and in the power of Christ, the power of the gospel. That if we abide in him, not only will we bear the fruit of God's kingdom, which is what holiness is, but that Christ's joy will be in us and our joy will be full. Listen to me. Holiness is freedom, church. Man, I don't know how it happened, maybe because of legalism, but for so many of us, holiness feels like a chain around us that we have to drag along the way trying to be holy. Holiness sets us free to who we're meant to be. Talk with someone who's been lost in sin for a long time, and they're going to say, well, they could do whatever they want, whenever they wanted, and they were their own God. They are not going to tell you they were free. Praise God, I get to go hang out with the guys in Victory Mission all of the time. It feeds my soul because those guys know that they were slaves, and in holiness, they've been set free. Holiness is freedom. Holiness is joy because holiness leads us into what we already have in Christ. We never, ever, ever start with our effort. We start with the fact that Christ already accomplished this on the cross for us. It is finished, church. So next week, what we're going to do next week is we're going to start to actually talk about what it looks like to live through and from a Christian worldview. Right To see things, see the world through what the Bible has told us even today. Right As you heard me say last week, if you were here, we're going to try to start learning what it means to, to see the world through the lens of holiness. Everything, pursuing holiness, seeing things through the lens of holiness. But hear me, it doesn't start there. That's why we didn't start the series there. It starts with you realizing Christ has already made you holy. For the holiness of Christ is in you. And the Holy Spirit is just trying to help you practically live out that truth. Yes, we're not practically holy. I get it, right? We need to strive to be practically holy. I get it. But a lot of us think of holiness as striving towards something with white-knuckled effort. No. Yes, we need effort. Yes, we need to strive. But it's already been accomplished. And once we realize that, once we truly believe that, uh, really just believe who we already are in Christ... Then and only then do we have any hope of actually being the church in the way this, these verses describe. It is possible. It is empowered. We can move towards this. We can, lit, we, act, we can be a light in the darkness because God has saved us, called us, and empowered us to be lights in the world. So 
So before we start diving into the more difficult things in the weeks to come, before we wade into controversial topics, I want us just to soak, just soak. Soak in who Christ is and soak in what the Bible says it is to be the church in him. So here's what I'm asking of you, church, this week. Hear me on this. I I want you to do this. If you are a member here, hopefully you already have an email sitting in your email. Larry set it up all sweet, so like 15 minutes ago, an email popped in your email. Um, If it's not there, check, check your junk. Let's move on. Check, check your, junk, your junk folder. Um, if you're not a member here or somehow you're not on our email list, it's online right now. What I'm about to say is at freshwatersgf.com. Freshwater Springfield, as in Springfield, freshwatersgf.com. It's been posted there right before we got to service too. Thank you, Larry. And what I've, post, what I've sent to your email and what I've posted on our website is the 54, 53 or 54 verses that we went through today. This week, I want you to read through those verses in your own time, church. And I want hear me on this, because I think a lot of us right now are like, oh, some of you are not going to get to it, some of you will mean to and not get to it, and then some of you are like, I got this, pastor, I'm on it. I don't, I don't want you to take any of those approaches. The goal this week is not for you to get, make sure you get through all 53 verses. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull them up. And then pray and, and thank your Father in heaven for who he is and what he's done and just praise him. As Jesus starts in the Lord's prayer, hallowed be your name. That's where Jesus starts. Hallow, high, above, glorious, mighty. Think about who God is. Think about what he has done for you and think about what he's promising to do. Start there. Just pray. Just spend time with the Lord. And then I want you to ask him to speak to you in these verses. And it's been a long time since you've done this. It might just feel cold and it might just feel like you're reading the verses or it might set your heart on fire. But hey, this is where we're obedient and we strive towards holiness, right? Trusting God. And then I want you to start reading through these verses. And I don't want you to hurry. If you, if you make the time, you're like, I'm going to spend 10 or 15 minutes right now going through this. And you, you spend 15 minutes on two verses. Do you think that's Okay. Spend 15 minutes on two verses. If you get to something and it says, be patient, and you start thinking about how you're not patient, you know what I want you to immediately do? Stop. And then thinking about how your God is patient and what his character is like and why your God is patient to you and what he's done so that he can be patient to you in Christ, like the amazing things he can, so that we can have peace and God is patient with us. And then start thinking like, God, how can I reflect this? How can I be more like you? God, can you help me to be like you? Because I'm made in your image. You want me to be drawn into be Christ. Like, do you see the difference of just trying to check the box and reading? I want you to dwell and I want you to meditate and I want you to look at these promises, promises of who God says the church can be. And I want you to believe if you are a Christian that it can be you. I used to be, Brett, back me up on this. I used to be a sarcastic, ungentle, unpatient, half of the time jerk when people didn't agree with me or I didn't get my way. I was always right. And if I was not right and you didn't agree with my opinion, man, I was not a great and fun person to be around. And I am radically different from that today. Praise God. I've shown who I am, but in Christ, man, I am not at all what I should be, but I am not what I was. Because these are promises from God that we can dwell in and he will change you. 
We talked about men's group this week, how I think, I won't, I won't say his name, I won't. Um, one of the guys basically said, and doesn't it just stink that the, like, every answer is to pray and get in God's word? Because it's such a Christian cliche answer. But the reason it's become cliche and so Christian is because it's been the truth of what we're supposed to do for 4,000 years. It's never changed. But as Christians, as we, we get into the word, I'm going to get into next week's sermon, right? But we get into the word as something to accomplish. Like we either get into it as a textbook or we, we're not really serious about it. So we don't really worship God through his word. We don't really look at his promises and, say, and believe what God is saying and ask God, make this true in my life. I believe you more than I believe myself. God, help. That's how I want you to approach these verses. And I want you to dwell in them and soak in them. Listen, every day, set reminders on your phone. Get up, uh, listen, 10 minutes earlier. Like have, it, have, it, have a verse in your mind and in your heart as you're driving to work. I'm not gonna encourage you to read verses as you drive to work, but like as you're driving to work, have the verses in your heart and your mind so you can pray over them and think over them as you're going to work. So, so these start to define who you are. Church, you're already these things. They've, it's already been given to you. Being in prayer and in the word in this way, God will just draw you into the things that you're already capable of that you've actually already become. It'll just be your soul, your heart, and your mind recognizing what Christ has done in you. Ask God to change you. Ask the Holy Spirit to move you because you can and you need and you should grow in these things. Just beg God to give you a desire for these things. I'm telling you, it won't happen overnight probably, but over time he will, I promise, because God is faithful. And I want you to remember, this is not really as much about becoming what you're supposed to be. It's recognizing who you already are in Christ, and there is power in that church. And I pray that by being the church, by growing this, by growing in our holiness, that not only will we grow and we shine, but by being the church, people out in the world maybe won't help but be able to take notice of how we love each other. And people might be saved. And day by day, people might add to us those who are coming into the family of God. That's our life's mission. To glorify God and advance the gospel. Give your hearts and your minds to the Lord this week, church. Let's pray. Oh God, I'm so thankful God, we are so thankful that you are a God of grace and mercy. That you are patient and slow to anger. And that you are abounding in steadfast love and faithful. God, we thank you that you're holy. God, we also thank you because of your holiness, you allowed your own son to come down here to rescue us, to die on that cross so that our sins could be paid for, so that we could be washed clean, so that we could be made holy and blameless, so that we could be your children. God, how could it be true? But it is true. So God, we praise you and we thank you and we marvel at your goodness, but today we also ask for help. God, I think everybody in this room feels the weight that we can't be all of these things, not on our own. So God, I pray that you would help us believe that the work has already been done for us. 
the work to be holy, to move towards holiness, to be, to be sanctified, to, that we'd actually believe the work has been done on the cross and so that we can trust and we can grow and we can submit and we can confess all the places where we, are, we feel like we're not good enough or not great enough. We can confess those things to you, Lord, and through that confession, you can transform us and draw us into your presence. God, we just need help. God, I so desperately want to be this kind of man that's described in your word. I so desperately want us to be this kind of church. And through that, I so desperately want us to proclaim your glory and see people saved and redeemed. I want people to see the way that we love each other and think, why do they live that way? Why, why do they do those things? Man, I got to go see. Just, man, even if they think we're weird, that they come in just to see why it is the way it is at Freshwater and they come in and they are saved and they are redeemed and we add to our family. We add to our number day by day those who are being saved. But God, I know that's not possible without you. There's too much hate and division and anger in our country right now for these things to be true. But in you, they are possible. So God, I pray you help us believe. Help us to be a people who love everyone, even our enemies. Help us to be people of peace. Help us to be people who are kind and tenderhearted to even our enemies. God, help us be a people who stand, absolutely stand firm on the truth of who you are in your word, no matter what. But in that are still people who are kind and gentle and who love like you love. God, I don't know how to lead our people there. I'm not a good enough leader. I'm not a good enough preacher, but I don't, I don't need to be because all of my gifts and all the gifts in this room were given by you anyway. So Holy Spirit, you do your work. Holy Spirit, you move in power and you change and transform us into who we already are, your holy and righteous children. Thank you, Jesus, so much. Amen. Church, if you need prayer, Christy, and Tony already over there. I'm going to head over there too. If you need prayer about anything, we would love to pray for you. We'd rather walk through whatever with you, but otherwise, why don't you stand and we'll worship together.